0: Let's jump right into it, and this is a a good question. I I really believe that. It's talking about Philippians 4.19, and I'm going to do a bad paraphrase here because I don't have the the Bible or Scripture in front of me, but it talks about, my God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory. And the question is, can we use that verse, Philippians 4.19, as a constant throughout our life? It's a verse I've never quite understood. I know of others who have faith in Christ, but they still struggle with not being able to get the things that they need. Is it because of their lack of faith or not? Are they're not in God's will? Uh, This verse has always confused me because somewhere else it says the Apostle Paul went without food and water and often was poor. Was Paul without food and water water because he had a lack of faith or was he not in God's will? Um, again, can you help me understand this passage? And the passage that they're referring to, I believe, is 2 Corinthians 11, 26 through 28. And just for context, let me go ahead and read that verse. And Paul says, starting in verse 26, In my frequent journeys I have been in danger from rivers and from bandits, in danger from my countrymen and from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger on the sea and among false brothers. Then we go on to verse 27 and labor and toil and often without sleep and hunger and thirst and often without food and cold and exposure. And it continues on. So I I think the question they're asking is it it seems to appear that Philippians 419 promises to provide uh, all of our needs. But in another passage in Second Corinthians, the uh, the same Writer here uh, is saying that he, he had to go without many times. So which is it? How do we figure this out, guys? Who wants to go first on this one?
1: I'll start. Um, so I think that I think, you know, as far as my perspective is concerned anyway, it's in the verses that we've uh, that this guy or this lady includes in their question. So, working backwards from where we started, if you think about the passage that Paul that you just read, Tony, about Paul and all of the uh, trials that he endured and hardships and whatnot, and there are several passages where he talks about, you know, I've been beaten and et cetera. <laughs> he he had a tough go of it on a number of occasions, and the reason uh, that I bring that up is because that is also the experience of literally millions of believers across the face of the earth. Uh, There's just lots and lots of folks who are believers who either live in a place where uh, their world, their their economy, etc. is difficult, or they are paying a heavy price for being a believer. So Um, working backwards then like I said to go to Philip and say um, that those people are somehow or another missing God and the reason for their suffering and the reason that they don't have their physical needs met etc. is because they are failing somehow or another in their belief that just doesn't work So it says, I must need to think about Philippians 4 differently, at least in my mind. Here's what I think Philippians 4 is talking about when it talks about needs. I believe it's talking about those things, those needs that are essential to the human being. So, uh, and you know, there's not any mystery here. There's lots of people that have defined that, everybody from Abraham Maslow to you know Glasser and, and so forth, have defined this and, uh, and have a list for it, if you will. But the essential needs that we have as human being are for things like acceptance and love and significance and belonging. And so when you define the essential needs like that, Those are uh, needs that are so important that they're essential, and because they're essential, God says, I won't leave the supply of that to anyone else. I will take care of that myself in order to make certain that you have everything that you need. He's not talking about food or water or anything else because, I mean, there's all kinds of people that starve and are and die, and are martyred, and everything else, but in terms of, am I accepted? Yes. If I'm a believer, I'm accepted. Am I significant? Absolutely. Uh, Father, God, and I uh, share the same time and space with each other in in relationship. Do I belong? Yes. I am part of the family of God. Uh, Am I loved? absolutely I am loved. There's nothing, uh, you know, Romans, uh, Paul writes in Romans chapter eight, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing high, nothing low, far, wide, nothing. So those things that are essential to our well-being inside our, inside the ourselves, God says, I will supply those needs. And I think that's what he means. I think that's what the definition is of Philippians chapter four.
0: Interesting. What about you, Frank?
1: Yeah, I think the press has got
2: some good thoughts there. I maybe would add to them just a little bit. Um, First of all, let's deal with this issue of not enough faith. Um, you got to remember Jesus words, faith is a mustard seed. And there again, I don't know if you've ever seen a mustard seed. It's real small. Um, but even then, I don't think he was saying a mustard seed. I think he was using hyperbole, uh, simply to say, Hey, little teeny tiny bit of faith. Cause you know, people could look at that thing and go mustard seed. Well, my faith is even smaller than a mustard seed. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, that's a, that's a, a sneaky Pride. Uh, Because your focus is still on yourself. You know, it's the call of the New Testament is not for great faith so much as is faith in a great big God. And secondly, then, you know, these people that use those arguments against people, um, that really bothers me. You know, a lot of pastors, well, you don't have enough faith. Well, it's fascinating that, you know, in Hebrews 11, uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about these people had faith and were delivered. People like uh, Moses, and Noah, and uh, Joshua, you know. But then he says these people had faith, and were not delivered. And he puts them in the heroes of the faith. So how could God call somebody a hero of the faith if they didn't get delivered? Uh, that's a, and then say, well, they didn't have enough faith. That's a biblical logic, biblical deduction. Uh, but basically it's saying people, saying to people who say you don't have enough faith, be quiet. Uh, <laughs> you know, God calls people who don't get delivered, who have faith, heroes. Uh, so stop using that argument. Um, Coming back to the question itself, by the way, uh, Paul had need to be delivered out of that Roman prison, but uh, he ended up losing his head. Uh, So did he not have enough faith? Uh, He claimed in his final letter, I have fought a really good fight of faith. So, you know, you you look at the entire counsel of God and that argument needs to be put to rest uh, once and for all. Um, Coming back to the issue of needs I think another thought that we could add to what Press said so well is there's a difference between needs and desires. Uh, You know, we have desires that God never promised to meet. Uh, You know, I have a desire for $10 million in my bank account, but Press won't write a check and support my ministry. So, you know, (laughs) there's desires and needs. And then I think one other thought and this is, you know, always within context. Context is the number one rule of the Bible of interpreting the Bible. Uh just seven verses earlier, Paul said, you know, I, I know how to do all things. I know to how to be in want. I know how to be in plenty. Uh it, what he was saying was, My God is meeting me wherever I am and supplying himself to me. And so, you know, in a circumstance there where I don't have enough food, uh, within the sovereignty of God, uh, he might bring food to my doorstep. Uh, within this fallen world and the food doesn't come, he's going to be my strength to get me through that. But Christians um, die of starvation all over the world. Uh, and I think what Paul was saying is, you know, whatever your circumstances is in, Uh, God has you, and he's going to bring you through that circumstance because he is God to you. And you tie it back into what Press said. You're accepted. You're loved. You're significant. You're his kid. And as his kid, he's going to bring you through the circumstance you're in. Uh, You know, one of the things about all these faith people, you know, um, Everybody dies, ultimately, unless the Lord Jesus returns. So that would mean everybody on the planet who's a Christian didn't have enough faith uh, because they died. Uh, we No, you know, we, we don't want to live forever. We're, we're here 60, 70, 80 years, and God is going to prove himself to us, hold our hand, and bring us through the mountaintop and bring us through the valley. He, he's going to see us through until the day of redemption when we're face-to-face. And that's where we need to keep our focus, on Him, not on ourselves.
1: So, I Preston, I uh,
2: still get pot, or you want to add one couple more thoughts?
1: One, one more, <laughs> so, one more okay. thought. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess if we really wanted to be thoughtful about this, uh, the only thing we truly need is God. There you go. And the point you made, uh whatever your circumstance is, if you're a believer, uh he's in you, you are in him and there's nothing that can can, can alter that certain, uh, from a certain mm. point Yes sir.
0: Yeah, I like Preston, how you talked about our, our we we're, we're accepted, so We ultimately we ultimately need to be accepted by Christ. And we have that in our identity in Christ. And and Frank, what you touched on is, um, I I guess, in my opinion, being discerning to what we hear out there, because there are a lot of false teaching out there that that says that if you only had enough faith, you could be. Healed physically. And, um, you know, I I think of that uh, that that guy and I can never pronounce his last name, Nick Voyage. He's got no arms and legs. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, did he not have enough faith? But God is using him in in miraculous ways because of his affliction. Uh, And I I think about, you know, Second Corinthians 11 and 12 about how the Apostle Paul boasted in his weaknesses and uh, so that the power of God's grace may rest on him in a greater way. And it's a bad paraphrase, but that's I think you guys brought it together perfectly about dealing with our identity in Christ, that we already have everything that we truly need and um, about being careful out there of, of some of the teaching that we hear. Um, so Tony, very good guys. Can I
2: add one final thought? You brought it up, so it's your fault. Uh, yeah. But- you brought up Second Corinthians, you know, eleven, twelve, right in there. You know, it's fascinating, but God uh, allowed. Well, I don't even, you know, it's, we'll go there someday on a question. Uh, but it's called a mess, a gift, a messenger of Satan. But it's called a gift, a thorn in the flesh. And Paul prayed to take it away, and God said no. You know, if these faith people would be saying, "Well, Paul, you don't have enough faith," otherwise that thorn would be taken away. Uh, they're actually fighting against the revealed will of God. And, you know, it's a fascinating thing to think about, but we can pray for deliverance when we're actually praying against the will of God sometimes. <laughs> uh, just an interesting thought to ponder.